short show today, Council. What the hell? I mean, it's that <laughs> week in between. Hell? Merry Christmas, you ain't getting. No, really, money. there's not even anybody in this building. <laughs> I love this you can week get a though. Good really, oh, yeah. spot today. Mm-hmm. I always love this week. Why do you have the pipes? I don't know. I, I feel well because he's been at wonderful. the petri dish with ten million people for the last week. Well, that's true. <laughs> that is true. I've been up early. It's uh, how is the old airport these days? You know, Matthew? I heard Busier something. Than hell. I heard something. What? I don't know if it's true. Did did schools begin taking the uh, the two weeks at Christmas years ago as a means to quell the outbreak of colds? I've never heard that before. Oh, either have I, but it makes either. sense. Well, back to the mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. So you'd have to go back to the 50s? Because uh, those schools are Petri dishes. Petri? We've Petri dishes. We've pretty much avoided it so far. Now they're, well, with COVID, they've been wiped down pretty good. COVID schmovid. <clears throat> yeah. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1,216, uh, December 20. I almost said April 28. Maybe it's the weather. Hey. December 28, 2023, because this morning felt like a, uh, it smelled. a late March yes. or early April morning. Uh, 47 degrees was the record high. That wasn't that long ago, 2013. 27 below in 1880, and on this day, uh-huh. on this day, December 28th, in 1982, 12 inches of snow. Hail the flashlight, huh. King! Hail you! And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course... The rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Sushir. Hi, how are you? Hey. I'm just looking for a little something here. You just bear with the old mayor. There it is. I found it. Did you have a nice Christmas, Joe? It was wonderful. How are you? Now I lost the reason I wanted this. <gasps> oh, before oh. I forget, I need to make a mention of something. Um, Back by popular demand, we ran the Christmas light rivalry. I think that should be retired. Okay. Anyway, no, go no, ahead. Noted. The only one, I think. <laughs> um, remember how for years you two had always wondered the very last segment when you caught up with uh, with your guy. Yeah. He had called back because he had moved away. Yeah, yep. Arizona or something. His voice does sound a little bit different, but I think it's because of his phone connection. You know why you guys get a little confused? Why? Joe called him by the wrong name. Oh. On the oh. Last. Hey, Mike, Ray. <laughs> he Rick, called him Tom on the Tom, on the very last doing, one. Tom? Yeah. What's the word? Tom. When and was that just... played? Uh part one was played on Tuesday. Part two was played on Wednesday. Why it would have interfered people glued to that important quick lane bowl. <laughs> Yeah, which the Gophers won. Yeah, PJ right. Fleck undefeated in bowling. Uh, I, I was lamenting before this show, and, and John Height, as usual, is the one who talked me off the ledge. Uh, I, I come into this. This is not the new year, but I come in today believing. I was. It was occurring to me this morning reading the paper. Nothing ever ends. I told you guys two years ago. 
Trump's thing would never end. The the legal yeah. you said that the right legal away. rant will never end. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in that rail, on that rail, you get to play games the rest of us can't play. True. And it just goes on and on and on. It will never end. Then it struck me, you know, the war in uh, the the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, that'll be two years old in another month or so. Mm. That'll yeah. never end. Rookies ads. Never right. end. Seem like they never end. <laughs> wow. Nothing ends, but of course wars do end. World War Two ended. World War One ended. Vietnam War didn't really end. It just petered out. Fortunately, anyway, uh, that was bothering me. Okay, endings are important in life. Closure is important, and it's we're not getting any on anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think I know what you mean. Yeah, it was discussed um, over the holidays. <laughs> The holiday being Christmas? Yes. <laughs> With Trump running again, seemingly, for the presidency, if he doesn't win, this charade's just going to keep going on and on and on, right? Well, I mean, it never ends. He it's, just said it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. One of the big All local right. stories for you listeners in uh, Oklahoma, Texas, California, the Arctic Circle, Bulgaria... One of the big local stories was a fellow who, for reasons we can't even fathom, tore apart Towsley Motorsports in White Bear, a uh, toy palace full of motorcycles and sleds and 4 by 4s and mini bikes. Didn't they buy time with us not that long ago? Towsley was with us, uh, but at some point, our yes. toy store is EcoFun. Right. I just was, okay. So. Well, in any event... Uh, some uh, miscreant entered there, entered the building on Christmas morning, and just did as much destruction as possible, driving a four-wheeler over equipment, through equipment. Uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, the video has made all the newscasts, and it was stunning in its senselessness. Mm-hmm. D- it was appalling. The video was crazy to see him cruising out of there at full speed. It was 6 o'clock Christmas morning. He he broke in by plowing through garage doors, and he did that on an ATV that was stolen. And then he took a ride through the store, destroying everything that came in the way of the ATV he was driving. Uh, Including... Driving toward a cop or a deputy who's trying to stop him. Uh, he made his escape out the back when he crashed through a fence, but Ramsey County Sheriff's deputies were, or, were already close by and arrested the suspect, identified as 32-year-old Austin Erickson of Little Canada. Boy, the deputies out there have a nice slow Christmas morning, and then all this happens. Six o'clock Christmas morning, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we have a sheriff. Uh, what's his name? Osowski? Uh Yes. I'm trying Os- to find his first name. Osowski. Os- uh, thanks to this, this moron was going 40 miles an hour inside the store. Yeah. Wow. Sheesh. 
Everything was uh, disheveled. All the aisles were littered with material helmets and jackets, Osowski said. Some of the team spent, that means the Towsley team, spent Christmas Day cleaning up the mess inside the store. The sheriff says the dep- the uh, estimated damage and losses around $500,000. On Wednesday, yesterday, Mm -hmm. the Ramsey County Attorney's Office charged Erickson with property damage, burglary, and a theft of a motor vehicle. I have more on this uh, dreadful character. Uh, He has a criminal record that dates back to 2011. Uh, after after his arrest, Austin Erickson uh, said he had contacted a friend from high school and agreed to meet him at Towsley. Christmas they, morning. They did dope. Oh. <laughs> Walked oh, to Towsley and climbed the fence. <laughs> I wish Kenny was here. Erickson said he used a trailer hitch to break the glass to get inside after he relayed information to his friend who was outside scouting and watching. Ah. Uh, deputies never did find another person at the scene. Erickson has three ongoing court cases that he was out on bond for. You ready? Yep. Motor vehicle mm-hmm. theft, threats of violence, and second-degree assault. The Ramsey County Attorney's Office charged him Wednesday with first-degree criminal damage to property, the theft of a motor vehicle, possession of a burglary tool. Prosecutors asked that a judge set his bail at two hundred grand. The judge, uh, it was set at $5,000 bail or bond with no conditions or... Five hundred dollars cash, with conditions. With conditions. Uh, now, how can that be? We have a call into Sheriff Bob Fletcher, wanting to know who the judge was. What is wrong with? How this can guy's you gonna be, do this? Guy's going to do it again. How can you be surprised that people have the reaction they do to our criminal justice system? How can this guy possibly have been issued the chance to get out on 500 bucks cash? He might have had that in his pocket. It's unlikely. He's definitely a ne'er-do-well. Probably stole it. But And then leaving all the Towsley people to clean up all the crap and all the wreckage. And- okay, he, was, he remained in custody as of Wednesday night, last night. Which means that maybe he can't produce the $500 cash. Well, isn't it... Only 10%? Don't you have to come up with 10%? No, Matt, Matt, what's 10% of 5,000? 500. That's right. So for 500, he gets to walk with with conditions. Okay. For five grand, he could have got out with no conditions. Okay. And he's wanted on other cases. He has a history of felons, felony behavior. Got no family members that can bring over 500. Okay, how, how does this guy get a $500 bond? Or bail with no with conditions, it's, it's, and as I said, we're we're uh, we've made uh, so far vain attempts to reach well. Ramsey County Sheriff Bob Fletcher, who would know the name of the judge. Our mole did not know the name of the judge, but moles get weeks off too. Moles get to yeah. stay at home and put their feet up near Even the fire. The, yeah, the offsite correspondents tend to take. offsite correspondents get to have their breaks. <laughs> so uh, we don't. I don't. I can't provide you the name of the judge, but maybe the judge would 
maybe the only thing going through the judge's mind was his certainty that no one was going to produce 500 bucks for this character. And if that wow. was the case, if that was the case, then why not make it $200,000 bond? If you know he's not getting out anyway, two hundred grand would guarantee he's not getting out. So right. we, I know this question has come up before. Because of the leniency being shown in this particular... Does, does Towsley have a lawsuit? Or is that our judges? I mean, is that not something that they could explore? No, I think you're dreaming up a, an unlikely scenario. What Towsley has is insurance. That's true. Yeah, and uh, they'll have to restock their shelves, and and uh, I wonder if it'll be. Uh, do you recall we had a story once of a freighter ship full of either Mazdas or Subarus caught fire. Now that it cut it half, it went over, it went over on its side, and and the cars all got wet, and when and it, it came into the port of Seattle, I think, and and the cars had to be destroyed. I think they were Mazdas. You could do some homework and find out. I'm trying to get more. Either you or John could, and 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 we were all wondering, well, what the hell? I'll take my chance, drain the oil and and you know, why wouldn't so why wouldn't Mazda or Subaru, whoever the brand was? And it turns out that they probably couldn't do it because of warranty reasons and and legal reasons. Somebody could buy one for a grand and then come back and haunt them saying, "Hey, all the wiring shot or whatever." So, but what I was wondering is did you see all the destroyed stuff in Towsley on the video, on the news video? Yes. I wonder if Towsley would make that stuff available for sale, or will they be forbidden to do that by insurance rules? October 1st of 2008. That's about the right time. Huge seagoing car carrier tips over in the North Pacific and Cost Mazda. 4,703 cars. It's exactly the one. See you. It's exactly what I was thinking of. But the ship didn't sink. The cars were brought back to port. They were unloaded, but they all had to be destroyed. What were they sinking about? They were sinking about why couldn't they be sold? Mm-hmm. Salvaged. Well, well, they couldn't be because of whatever rules uh, entered the fray. But I, I imagine it will be the same thing at Towsley. Because, I mean, what if you could go get a new motorcycle? You know, it happens to need a new gas tank after this rampage. Well, I, I doubt if they'll do that. That's I don't know. By the way, the other cargo thing you were referring to was when the um, cargo ship carrying Porsches, Audis, Bentleys, and Volkswagens did catch fire. Well, that's and a recent sunk story. in the Atlantic. Yes, that's a recent story. Weren't they all, March of twenty two? Were they EVs too? Is that why they caught fire? I don't have if they were EVs or not. I don't have it in front of me. I lost it. I have. I had an EV story of where to put out an EV fire. It took thirty thousand gallons of water. <laughs> One car. And I got a note from Downing, uh, who said, "When you said on the podcast that you weren't opposed to a new state flag, you just wanted a good one." I realized there was a link to be made. Let me let me go back to that statement because it seemed to have puzzled Kenny when I said I'm not opposed to a new flag. I, I, Kenny might have uh, presumed that I was a defender of our state flag, and let's not dare change it. Well, for the most part, I am. But if you wanted to change it, 
all I was suggesting is, well, why don't you change it to something cool, something mm. meaningful? Right. And they did. They did not. They, they fell down dra- dramatically on that job. Uh, anyway, Downing notes, I realized there was a link to be made. We are being led, also known as dictated to, by self-appointed progressives. However, they give us anything but progress. When they give us a new flag, it's worse than the flag it replaces. Just like when they gave us a new kind of automobile to drive. They gave us cars that are worse than the ones we already have. That's not progress. I think most of us aren't against the idea of EVs. Well, I am. We just want EVs to be at least as good as the cars they replace. Should that be too much to ask? What's well, a great question? Mm-hmm. Because they're not they're not better than the cars they're replacing. They might be someday, but again, I've done some more reading about the 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 horrific environmental damage brought about by the mining for the materials to make the batteries. And I just, uh, where are these hypocrites? Where are these hypocrites? Nowhere to be found. It's just amazing to me. Uh, the, the batteries require hundreds of thousands of pounds of earth to be turned over for one battery. Mm. And none, all that's verified. It's not me with my tinfoil hat. <laughs> All that's verified. Uh, everybody uh, survived Christmas. Yeah. Hanukkah. Good times. Good times. Great weather. Good times. Uh, we're nice and cozy in the wigwam in the back seat in the back uh, back uh, patio. It's fantastic. You should have come by. Seen the village. Have a sandwich. Why? Uh... <laughs> Why were you in a wigwam? Well, um... In a real one? It wasn't an official wigwam. My wife being Ojibwe, uh, we we just called it the wigwam. It was a 12 by 12 uh, tent with sides down. Ding, ding. With a firewall. No, I'll show you the picture. Okay, it's really good. Right. That's okay. Had a fire table. <laughs> we had heaters in there. Um, comfy chairs, blankets. I'm wondering something. And, uh, it no, was, I'm just it curious. Was nice. Well, we had 34 people over to the house, well, I mean, so we kind of run out of room. Okay, so that yeah. explains. Well, it's part, that's uh-huh. part, but it was just charming. It was uh, space management. Uh, yes, for those that wanted to go outside and, and have a cocktail and be loud, that's you could go to the go to the wigwam. <laughs> Complete with the sign that on the chalkboard said, wigwam, this, this way. way, in case you got lost. <laughs> yeah. In case you got lost going down three stairs in the backyard. Okay. You walk around your house. Right. Well, where is it? Where's oh, the wigwam? There, there's the sign. <laughs> they <laughs> said there was a wigwam. You know what? I will. I'll, I'll say this about the drinking habits of um, young people today. Yeah. Not afraid of the uh, high-end booze. Well, good if for I them. have Especially it out on the table, not on their dime. Right. If I had the the maker's mark out on the table, yes. Um, I looked at it the next morning. And she was down to about there. And I <laughs> well, said, isn't that the point of you placing it out there? It is. I didn't bring out the red breast. I'm going to save that for something oh, else. Oh, God, but I, no. Don't I do talked that. to the, my oldest son. He said, yeah, I think I got after that a little bit last night. And his uh, his cohort, James. So that's... But, you know, I'd like to, I'd like at least a, a, a full drink. Enough to make a Manhattan or something like that. Well, hey. we, uh, we have Adam to thank for that. Yes, thank you very much. Loyal GLR Adam is the one that gifted us, uh, well, gifted Rookie, the bottle of me. I got a note from Steve Letting who writes, our garage door broke down and would not close. I heard a big thunk and saw the chain was loose. 
I didn't want to mess with it and make it worse, so I manually closed it after disconnecting it. I called Precision Garage Door because I had heard them on your podcast. I am really glad I did. Chad came out Wednesday and within a couple of minutes had it figured out. The sensors were not lining up and the chain was loose, causing it to catch. He has it. He had it fixed in a few minutes. He was friendly and even let me watch. He also explained what he was doing as he went along. I would highly recommend this company to anyone who has garage door issues. Okay. And that's not from me. That's from a customer. Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin. They serve the entire metro in western Wisconsin. They don't charge more for weekends. By the way, they're growing. They want to find new members. They need garage door technicians and garage door installers and warehouse inventory people. They're growing because they do a great job and the people have used them are passing along the word. So it's a fantastic outfit. Put them in your, uh, on your, t- uh, I used to say telephone closet. Dock it. Apparently that's just way too confusing mm. for people. So, you know, write it on a post-it note. Right. Keep their garage door, uh, precision door number, because they're going to be your new garage, uh, your new garage guy. Yes. Even though you're getting the whole family. It's a GL family-owned business. Find them at precisiondoormn.com or call them at 612-263-6985, precisiondoormn.com. The Earth is Not Your Mother. The Joe Suchere Show. You know, if you spill a maker's mark on a uh, white couch, it's gonna it's gonna leave a little stain. You shouldn't. You should try to get down there with your mouth and suck as much as the maker's mark out of the cushion as you can, and then you call Zero Res. That's right. This December, this runs through Christmas. This is December thirty first. $129 to get three rooms, zero resified, and your air ducts. Take $75 off when you get your air ducts, zero res clean. Rookie telling you that zero res got a pretty darn good history. It started all here on Garage Logic many years ago. 17,000 reviews, 4.9 rating on Google, and backed up with the zero res gotta love it guarantee. Zero res stands behind every single cleaning. You can try and do it yourself, but you're not going to do it like Zero Res does, safe and effective. So call them today for the Rookie GL Special, three rooms, zero resified, 129 bucks. Air Ducks, 75 bucks off, and you get those Zero Res clean, 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z, or go online to ZeroResMinnesota.com and tell them you want the Rook Special. You got to say my name to get the discount, and this only runs through December 31st. Spell it forward or backward, it's spelled the same, Zero Res. Rook, do you remember a meteorologist named John Dooley? John Dooley Doppler had Dooley. Coke bottle glassed, glasses. He was married to Ann Dooley, who I worked at with at Dayton's. He said that he used to do weather for Pat and I on Saturday mornings. Yes. Well, I got a nice note from John Dooley. John Dooley is a very soft-spoken giant of a man, and uh, I think he's a really good guy. Well, uh, thank you, John, for alerting me to this. Uh, I think it's important to continue to try to get the message across that this weather hysteria is misplaced. 
Okay. Uh, I read a letter. He's got the he's got the street creds, by the way. He's an old schooler. Well, not only that, but he's provided me information from the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. Okay. So this isn't coming to you from the antenna in my tin hat. Got it. Okay. As a <laughs> Talk radio man. Okay. This is, the, this is the real deal, and I did not know this, and I'm so appreciative he sent this. I saw. I'm sure they've rejected hundreds, but the Star Tribune printed a letter the other day from a woman who said, well, when I look outside, you can't tell me there's not global warming. She's she's not a wise individual. Okay, she's yep. not, not very thinking. Uh, <laughs> the Holy Grail, as Dooley put it, is the winter of 1877. 1877. This is from, will you verify that, please? Uh, this is from the Would you read where that's from? Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. Uh, is this, does this look, Rook, like I made this up? No, and this is dated 1228 at 921 a.m. That's their official site. The year without a winter, 1877-78. The meteorological winter of 1877-78, December through Feb is the warmest on record in the Twin Cities in Duluth with December of 1877, 1877, so outrageously warm that its records have seemed untouchable for more than 145 years. Hmm. Now, apparently, we're, we're chasing that this year. We could touch this record. Dubbed the year without a winter, December, Feb, 1877-78, had an average temp of 29 degrees in the Twin Cities. A healthy margin of 2.1 degrees separates it from the next warmest on record, Hmm. 1930-31, which had an average temperature of 26.9 degrees. Closely followed is third place, 2001-2002 at 26.8 degrees. The 1877-78 winter has defended its long-standing title almost effortlessly, even as the Twin Cities area has grown warmer from urban expansion and as winters across the entire region have warmed rapidly. Uh, Okay. If that's the case, okay, warmed rapidly. why was there the winter of 1877-78? All the warmth of a year without winter could be detected into April. The most outstandingly warm month was December. So, John, mm. have you found anything in your newspaper site about Christmas Day 1877, only insofar as was any weather mentioned? Weather is not mentioned. I went through several December 1877 Star Tribunes, which are only four pages. Okay. Uh, and no weather at all is mentioned, uh, period. There's all no right. forecast. There's no what the weather is doing. Uh, nothing concerning weather as far as I've been able to find anything about it. All right. Although the warmth of the year without winter could be detected into April, the most outstandingly warm month was December. At Duluth, December of 1877 has remained an astonishing 5.8 degrees warmer than the second warmest December on record, which was 1891. Hmm. To put that in perspective, the temperature difference is the same as the range that separates 1891's number two value from that of number 27 on the list of Duluth's warmest temperatures. 
I don't even know what that means. Mm. In the Twin Cities, the margin between December 1877 and number 2, 1913, is 3.3 degrees. All right. Mm. So how did residents feel about their record-setting warm winter in 1877-78? Let me stop right there. If that was a record in 1877, doesn't it stand to reason that it either eclipsed a known record for maybe 100 years previously or that was the beginning of taking records. Hmm. It's unlikely It's unlikely that the residents of the Twin Cities in 1877 might have been aware of what the temperature was in, say, 1677 okay. or 1542 or whatever. The climate has always changed, in other words. So how did the residents feel? While some may enjoy the benefits of unrestricted travel during a modern and warm snowless winter, the winter of 1877-78 brought major hardships. Can anybody tell me why when it came to travel? Uh, You couldn't uh, warn people. No. Hmm. What to warn them about what? There was no winter. No, it had nothing to do with warning people. Let them know. Why were there travel hardships? In 1877 in December. Because I'm drawing a blank. Because you couldn't go across the frozen lake. Because the roads were mud. And with rain and and the roads not not freezing solid. Wheel logistics. And the lack of snow, there was just a muddy mess of transportation routes. Then I guess it's safe to say they probably had to cancel Christmas in 1877. We didn't have to cancel Christmas. Farmers were plowing fields until late December. But in spite of the general warmth, three days with sub-zero temperatures in early January 1878 froze the Mississippi so that it was closed for navigation until the 28th of Feb. After January 7 of 1878, only three days through the remainder of the cool season would experience single-digit temperatures or lower. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe we're headed for that again this year. We keep saying we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. But A, there's nothing unusual about this. And B, might we experience in, in 2024 what the denizens of the Twin Cities experienced in 1878. Only three days after January 7th did they get into a single-digit temperature. Mm. Wow. Isn't that something? Yeah. Mm. The monthly weather review from Feb of 1878 reported prairie fires in Minnesota, Dakota, and Kansas. In that same month, active insects in Iowa, grasses sprouted in Dakota, and the ice cover in Duluth Harbor was broken up by heavy winds. Hmm. The continuing warmth of March 1878 allowed the first boat arrival in Duluth on the 17th. From research done by naturalist Jim Gilbert, Lake Minnetonka Ice Out is known to have gone out at its earliest date, March 11. Yes, we noted that when we do ice outs. Now I know why. Mm-hmm. That was the year of no winter. So uh, ice went out of Minnetonka March 11, 33 days earlier than its average of April 13. Lake Osakis lost its ice on March 13, the earliest in 142 years of records. 
the winter of 1877-78, while warmest on record at Minneapolis and St. Paul, was not dry. The months of December 1877 through Feb 1878 saw almost four inches of rain. The normal is 2.93. Below are are excerpts from the Minneapolis Tribune, courtesy of longtime climatology volunteer Tom St. Martin. And again, I'm reading from a release by the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. I'm not receiving this in my antenna. Got it. (laughs) Minneapolis Observer William Cheney regularly prepared a monthly newspaper weather summary, which, to the extent that they were published, augment and sometimes clarified data contained in his meteorological registers as submitted to the U.S. Weather Bureau, U.S. Army Signal Corps. The following comments are taken from the observer's reports as published in various 1877-1878 editions of the Minneapolis Tribune. Is there a date on any of those two? I just wanted to see if I could find one. November. 1877, warmest November since 1870, rain on the 1st and 2nd, with snow on the 7th and 8th, falling to a depth of 3 inches, 2 inches of snow on the 18th, 3 inches of snow on the 27th and 28th, accompanied by a high wind, snow on the 8th and 18th melted soon after it fell. (laughs) And this, the rest of this release from the Department of Natural Resources are these musings by this old-timer. Uh, uh, William Cheney, who uh, took it upon himself to record these events. And you get into January of 1878. This fellow noted the month was colder than December, but unusually warm for January. There were only two very cold days during the month. No No snow fell in sufficient amounts for sleighing until the 30th, when about six and one-half inches of light snow gave pretty good sleighing in the city, hmm. but not a, not sufficient for heavy teaming. Got it. Meaning the horses, right? Right. The mud of December, frozen by the cold of the first few days of January, made the roads exceedingly rough and travel thereon uncomfortable. The absence of snow proved a serious drawback to business of all kinds. As, as is today. Okay. <clears throat> Feb, 70, Feb 1878, and then I will conclude. Okay. But I think this is terribly important. I like it. I was around people on Christmas Day who were fretting about the, the conditions outside. And how did you um, console I, I, them? I consoled them by pointing out there's nothing unusual about this. No, nor there's nothing you can do. Brown winters are not infrequent. Right. Did you go through the whole list like you did with us on the show? I had a chart with <laughs> me. They ran upstairs pretty quick to Look, get some punch. I go prepared, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. Fab of 1878. He, uh, this is our fellow noting this, uh, the fellow William Cheney. Cheney. Uh, Feb 1878. This month closes the most relar- remarkable winter ever known in Minnesota. Scarcely any slaying. That's S-L-E-I-G-H-I-N-G. Right. Scarcely any slaying, muddy roads, some fog, only five days below zero, and a mean temperature 10 degrees warmer than any winter of which I have any record. 
The almost entire absence of snow has been somewhat detrimental to business generally and has proved a serious drawback to logging. The winter certainly has been a pleasant and comfortable one. See, they they weren't hysterical. Mm -hmm. A pleasant and comfortable one making small demands on the fuel pile. While the mean temperature of the month was about the same as Feb of last year, it was in some respects less pleasant. There were more cloud. There was more cloudy weather, and two storms gave us five and one quarter inches of snow, making considerable mud. The season is not quite so far advanced as last year, though wheat sowing is reported to have begun in some parts of the state. We had thirteen cloudy days. Then he notes March was the warmest he ever noted. Uh, it's it's interesting to note that you have among us these hysterical fools who their movement has nothing to do with the weather or the climate. Their movement has has to do with upending the way of our life, Western civilization, freedom, entrepreneurship, competition, capitalism, what have you. And they would like to take us back. And I always have said on this show, do these do these types of people who are essentially ignorant, do they have any idea, do they have a date in mind that you would like no. to go back to? Of course For not. example, do you want to go back to uh, February of 1878? You want to be stuck in the mud? No, we can't get anywhere. Do you want to not have pavement? Do, do you want to not have... I want pavement. Travel abilities. Do you, I want those wooden wheels just flying on that. Do you want a lower life expectancy? No. Do, do you want a lack of medicine? Mm. Do you want horse poop everywhere? The plague. I mean, really, people. <laughs> Major Learn dengue. your history. Right. Learn right. your facts. We well, live yeah. in a great, great time if that I we're may, attempting to uh, destroy. Yes, John? I could not find any William Cheney from 78, but I did go uh, find some from 77, so it would have been a year before what you right, were talking about. Right. Just to illustrate your point, January 1877, Mr. Cheney wrote, January fulfilled the promise of December and proved to be an unusually cold month. Isn't that it was something? seven degrees colder huh. than January of last year and yep. three degrees colder than the average the last 12 years. So the year before what you're talking about, it was exceptionally cold. Yes. Just to illustrate your point. Nature is just endlessly fascinating, and it doesn't have anything to do with us. You couldn't create a climate crisis. How, how could you? Uh, maybe a volcano, we run, the, the Yellowstone sure. caldera, could result in a climate crisis if That'd it erupted. Yeah. But that would have nothing to do with you driving your minivan. Hmm. We, don't, we can't affect volcanic eruptions. But that would be that would result in a climate crisis because the climate would change significantly. Let me let me just say one more thing, uh, rookie or John. During this break, yeah, we've got to find out right now what is the average temperature this December, December twenty twenty three, because that's what we're chasing down. We're chasing down the records. Of 1877-78, with December of 1877 uh, uh, having an untouchable record for more than 145 years. Okay, December 
through Feb of 1877-78 had an average temperature of 29 degrees. CBS Minnesota and MSN next weather. December 23rd is tracking to be the warmest record on on record in Minnesota. December? I will click on this story, yes. Yeah. All right, we'll be back and have that information. But first, I need to remind all of you GLers about the best hot spot in downtown Hopkins. That is the Scratch Kitchen known as 30 Bales Restaurant. Uh, I was going through their menu. Don't forget, it's a great spot for lunch. Um, what do we got here? What do we got here? Also for uh, for brunch over the weekend, I didn't know this until just now. You can get yourself a bottomless mimosa rook for brunch on Saturday okay. and Sunday. Okay. Uh, I'm a big fan of the truffle fries. Anyway, just go to their menu uh, online, 30bales.com. Place a takeout order. I got a text from Todd earlier, too, and he just wanted to say thanks to all of you GLers. Uh, they're still taking reservations for New Year's dinner on Sunday, and Todd wanted me to tell Joe and the GLers just how much their continued patronage means uh, to all of us. It's been a hard six months with the constant construction in Hopkins. We are heading into the slowest two months of the year, so we hope to be around Stick for the out. garage door opener. Stick it out. Uh, every single day, GLers come in and say hi. They even had GLers stop in all the way from Iowa for dinner the other day. Nice. So, Todd, uh, continue, to, continue to support Todd and the entire crew at 30 Bales. They're a great spot. Um, if you got family in town, you don't want to you don't have to go to the trouble of cooking. Well, 30 Bales is your spot. Call ahead, place your takeout order, get a gift card. Maybe you don't want to go right now, get a gift card and uh, and then use it sometime later this spring. But please stop in and say hi to Todd and the entire crew and let them know that you heard about them here on the Garage Logic podcast. Not a Garage Logic town council member. Here's what you're missing. They ask people who are, quote, experts in fields to name their five favorite books about that field or whatever. And she yeah. was on that. They do that once a week. Oh, that's cool. How come they didn't ask me? Well, Chris, you have to read. read. Boy, Joe and I both <laughs> My took a book. shot there. My favorite book is probably the phone book. Well, and that's interesting because they don't even produce those anymore. The new phone books are here. The new phone books are I, here. I actually <laughs> still get a phone book once a year. Joe, you do only, not. It uh, we do, but it only has businesses. It's it's all yellow pages. It's about that thick with just yellow pages. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> What's coming what, up what on the Steve Martin. The right? Steve Martin the is the jerk. Yeah, the new phone books are here. The new phone books are here. Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at GarageLogic.com. Yes. For sure. <laughs> Truth, justice, and the suture. Do you know who I choose to believe in? Minnesota Masonic Charities. Minnesota Masonic Charities is somebody you should believe in as well, and let me tell you why. Okay. Minnesota Masonic <laughs> Charities, they're one of the leading grant makers suits in the state including primary support for the University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital, Great Cause, the University of Minnesota Masonic Cancer Center. How do you argue with that? Both institutions leading the fight against cancer with research on some of the causes, prevention, treatments, and cures, and one of the leading cancer research institutes in the nation. Pretty impressive. Their research on the causes, prevention, detection, and treatment of cancer has helped tens of thousands of people. Now, you garage logicians can learn more about Minnesota Masonic Charities at mnmasoniccharities.org. They have a beautiful campus in Bloomington 
and it's open to the public, and they have a little museum. I'd suggest you get in touch with them before you just go down there with a big group of people because they'd want to know that you're poking around there. That's mnmasoniccharities.org. Uh, Reavers, you might want to look up Kamala Harris's Kwanzaa Christmas message. Oh, boy. And, and when you find that, you let us know. And in the meantime... Uh, Rookie, what have you found regarding the average temperature so far in December of 2023? According to AccuWeather.com in Minneapolis, the top spot is held by December 1877, confirmed with Such, 33.8 degrees. Right. As of December 26, the average temperature for this December is 35 degrees, point zero, or one degree higher uh one, more than one degree higher than the record set 146 years ago. Well, this this should be something to be excited about then. We're going to break a 145-year-old record. I don't think you're going to get the um But that's coverage. not the way people look at it anymore. Yeah. Now, back in 1877, uh, nothing uh, nothing was made of it. They're, they basically were saying, man, are we having a warm winter. But again, if that was a record... In 1877, that means there had to be a record prior to that. You know, the Probably. thermometer was invented a long time ago. Right. But, well, <laughs> so maybe just didn't write it. We just don't. Write it we didn't have a lot of. Uh, we didn't have a lot of diaries that were keeping track. Uh, yes, uh, Chris. Kwanzaa was always a special time. We came together with generations of friends and family and neighbors. There were never enough chairs. So my sister and I and the other children would often sit on the floor, and together we lit the candles of the Canara, and then the elders would talk about how Kwanzaa is a time to celebrate culture, community, and family. And they, of course, taught us about the seven principles. My favorite principle was always the second, Kujichagalia, self-determination. One of my favorites. The power to design your own life and determine your own future. And it is a deeply American principle, you one that stop. guides me every day. But my point is that's all a lie. Yeah, Kwanzaa didn't exist when she was writing about being a kid. It's that time of the. This is according <laughs> to the caption. It's the time of the year when Kamala Harris is forced to pretend that Kwanzaa was a long family tradition that she grew it did, up with. It didn't exist. Uh, Kamala Harris was born in 1964. Kwanzaa was a fake holiday invented by, uh, in 1966 and was not widely known until no, the 80s. That's right. So all of that, all of that's a lie. Kamala, I, I love the touch where she said, "We listen to the elders." You're no. you're you're hopeless. You're, you're lady. not telling you're, the truth. You're just hopeless. Was that what they called them back then, the I, elders? I guess so. It's just amazing. What what should really puzzle a lot of people are the three and a half million people that liked the video. Really? Meaning, uh, you go get them, girl. See you. I'm seeing the, uh, I have a cartoon bubble oh, of the boy, elders. What do you got? What do you got? <laughs> well, it's like almost the three wise men. You know, they got the robes <laughs> on and yeah. funny hats and the whole deal. Coming Thanks, down. Kamala. That was Yeah, great I really feel enlightened. Really feel We had the, uh, the, the, the children's celebration on Christmas Eve mass and, um, <clears throat> The one kid had the beard covering his eyes. Oh, yeah. He walked, got a lot of walked right into the boom. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. We're so proud. Yeah, we're so proud. Here's John Height in the newsroom. Oh, Thank you, Joe. This update is brought to you by North American Banking Company. As the year comes to a close, Minneapolis Mayor Fry sat down yesterday to detail the accomplishments the city saw throughout the year. What accomplishments? Uh, Fry 
Fry told our friends at Five Eyewitness News, the city was leading the nation in creating affordable housing with $320 million invested. More uh, than we don't know that. <laughs> in more than 2,200 housing units created, he specifically pointed to what he called a deeply affordable housing as one of his top accomplishments in 2023. Fry also said knocking down the old Kmart store on Lake Street and reopening Nicollet Avenue as a major artery into downtown was something he sees as a major development this year. Uh, Fry also said the city is leading the way on a $10 million climate legacy, uh, legacy Thank initiative. God. As he focuses on reducing carbon emissions citywide, he told Five Eyewitness News, making sure our city is resilient, that we're sustainable, and in particular, we're making energy-efficient upgrades on all of these homes. Did you see he's got that Freddie Mercury thing going? Yeah, it's kind yeah. of a <laughs> got the new uh, He's got the new mustache. He's doing a, kind of a whole Freddie Looking Mercury. Looking good there. Look, yeah. yeah. A little stash. Uh, food shelves in Minnesota are seeing increased demand as 2023 comes to an end. St. Louis Park Emergency Program food shelf typically serves about 3,500 people annually. Director Derek Reese said families come and pick out their own foods. A significant number of people we serve rely exclusively on us for food. Reese said it's been a 56% increase in visits. He said we've been able to respond to that, but it's been a lot of work. He attributes the increase to inflation, high housing costs, and the end of some pandemic pandemic era supports. The Twin Cities Salvation Army, meanwhile, is also seeing a boost in demand at its nine metro area food shelves. Captain Josh Polanco said higher than even the pandemic. We thought it would go down after that, but it's actually gone up 30 to 40 percent. That organization is in its final push of the Christmas fundraising campaign. Donations, he said, are down nearly 18 percent, however, compared to last year. Salvation Army is still behind by about 700 grand in donations with just days left to go in the year. Well, how does all that square with Freddie Mercury just telling you about the city's outstanding accomplishments when demand for food shelf products is up 56%? Well, we don't have all that money we gave to the food fraudsters. You know, we could have probably fed a lot of people, Mm -hmm. huh? Instead of buying islands and stuff. That's true. Wow. A stretch of Lake Street in Minneapolis that was destroyed during the riots in 2020 will now be transformed into a state-of-the-art health clinic. The family dollar store along the 1,000 block of East Lake Street burned down in the riots following the murder of George Floyd. That lot's been empty for three years. Maureen Mikulski is vice president of real estate development at Ryan Companies, which owns the lot. She says there's a lot of opportunity for uh, revisioning and rebuilding coming out of that. Mikulski said the Minnesota-based developer wanted to be intentional about finding something new to build on the location. Earlier this year, they learned a nonprofit health clinic a mile down the road was looking for a new home. Southside Community Health Services has been operating its large clinic from inside a Minneapolis Public Schools elementary school. The federally qualified health center has been in the community for more than 50 years at various locations, offering everything from primary care to obstetrics to dental services. Outside Community Health Services currently helps about 11,000 patients a year with affordable health care, noting that about 40% of the people helped are without insurance. In the former Family Dollar lot on Lake Street, the nonprofit plans to build a new $30 million health center called One Southside. The new clinic would serve an extra 7,000 patients a year. A Loring Park resident, this from the Star Tribune, injected a restrained sex partner with two doses of methamphetamine and left him tied up while he died, according to new murder charges. Who died? The guy got tied up or the guy who tied him up? 
the guy that got tied up okay. and had the drugs shot into him. Huh. 40-year-old Del Wayne Center of Minneapolis appeared in Hennepin County District Court yesterday on a charge of third-degree murder in connection with the death in May of 47-year-old Daniel Aldridge in an apartment overlooking the downtown Minneapolis Park. Mm-hmm. Center remains It's a tough one in- to explain to the fam, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, He remains jailed in lieu of half a million dollars bail. He's due back in court January 21st. Whether you're the dead guy or the guy that, you know, did it. Yeah. According to the complaint, a 911 call on May 12th from Center sent police to his residence in the 214-place apartments where they found Aldridge dead on a bedroom floor. Center told officers he had connected with Aldridge on a dating app, and they agreed to meet at the apartment. Aldridge got there about 1 p.m. May 11th, the two engaged in sexual activities, including bondage. Huh. Center said he had Aldridge Wait, that tied was up. Wait, that was a first date, John? First date. Yeah. They, just, they just met each other. Yeah, how do you how do you just out in the open, hey, uh, I just want you to know something about me. Yeah. Here's and how, how lucky answer. are you that the other guy, hey, me too. Center said he had Aldridge tied up and injected him with meth as part of the role play. (laughs) Did he tell him about the meth after he tied him up or before he tied him up? Aldridge started thrashing him. Hey, Larry, I'm really thinking we should take this up a notch. um... (laughs) Aldridge started thrashing about, but Center kept him bound and injected him with another dose of meth. Center said he was mad because Aldridge could not handle his drugs. The charging document quoted Center. What are you dying for on me? What a terrible Uh, thing. Aldridge passed out on the floor. Center did not check on him and then went to bed. The next morning, Center said he saw Aldridge was obviously dead. Said he watched TV for a while, flushed all the drugs in the apartment, got rid of all the drug containers, then called police. Wait a minute. I got a plan. Hang on. Uh I got a plan. Hey, I got a question. I know you're not moving over there, but. Yes, sir. I I don't have any questions. So. He knew that his his new buddy was was, was gone, yeah. He was and dead. he thought, you know, I better get the I morning turn news in. in. I yeah, turn in. And I, and then tomorrow morning, I'm going to watch a little news, and no. then maybe I'll make a phone call. Turn on the view. Watch the view. Yeah, right after the view. Moved on. From Boy, there. there's stuff going on out there. I don't know anything about. Uh, thank uh-huh. God. Yeah. A couple of quick Viking Here notes. I before I'm worried we... about the temperature. Yeah, in 1877. <laughs> what the hell was it? What are they doing in 1877? You know who's not worried about the weather? Larry, or whatever his name is. Aldridge. Yep. Yeah, he's not worried about the temperature. Couple of Viking notes before we go to a break. They have announced that uh, rookie Jared Hall will start at quarterback against the Packers this weekend. And uh, if you have direct TV, apparently you may have a problem watching the game Sunday night. Uh, that's because the satellite dish company and Tegna, which owns CARE 11, have been in a contact a contract dispute since November 30th. And that means there's a blackout of all NBC programming on direct TV. Since the Vikings games usually air on CBS or Fox, this hasn't been an issue until this game. Uh, one way to watch it, if you do have DirecTV and can't get it on CARE 11, you could subscribe to Peacock TV for a month between 6 and $7. Watch the game Sunday night. All the uh, NBC games are on Peacock and you can cancel after that. Uh, yeah. DirecTV is an absolutely awful Do I company. have that? No, you have Comcast. Oh. I, I had to deal with DirecTV and they're, they are awful. They are just awful. John, thank you. For, oh, well, you'll be back, won't you, John? Oh. I'll be back. Yeah. Let's. Uh, why don't we see what Mr. Reavers has for us? Well, John, I'm here to tell I'm you. I'm going to go get some rope. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget the mess. Don't forget and, the yeah. mess, yeah. Uh, 
What was I going to do? Oh, I'm going to talk about Hofferman Water and Connecticut. Give yourself the gift of amazing water, like I did years ago. I started out as a customer of Hofferman and Connecticut, and then that turned into a relationship here on the podcast. Listen, get on the schedule right now for that free water analysis, 952-894-4040. You can also visit their website, which is HoffermanWater.com. Go on that website. You can see every single system that they have to offer for you and your family and your home, whether it's a water softener, an iron rust or odor filtration system, or a brand new drinking water system. It's going to make an amazing difference in the quality of your water. So get on that schedule and have them come out for that free water analysis today. Hofferman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Please tell them that you heard from here on the Garage Logic Podcast. A positive Thursday means we talk to Mike Schoonover. Schoonoverbodyworks.com is the website, the official body shop of Garage Logic. And um, I'm going to start by saying this, GLers. Poor Mike is on the line with us because he's been having to deal with Rookie the past week. Actually, you know, let me tell you this. He's more been dealing with Gabe than oh, me. Okay. Uh, all I was part of the drop-off process, and if uh, they can work with an 18-year-old boy who dropped off his Jeep and is having some work done with it, I, I, I haven't had to do anything. I haven't had to do anything with the insurance. I haven't even talked to him. He just said, yeah, I dropped off the Jeep today, or we're dropping off the Jeep today. And Mike's crew, he's got a good, is it Josh and, is it Steve? Steven. Yep, Steven. Um, yep. I mean, Mike's so high up, he doesn't even come out to talk to us. No, I'm kidding. Mike <laughs> was right there with us. Uh, but uh, Gabe was impressed because he backed it into a bay, and he had all of his supplies there. And all those yeah. guys came in and started taking out the supplies, going through the boxes, going, oh, my God, this is going to be the coolest looking Jeep of all time. <laughs> so they were uh, unknowingly catering to Gabe's ego. But uh, I have to tell you what a great experience it was. And I know it's not done yet, but we'll talk about it when it's all done. But, man, is it a great experience to deal with you guys. Well, Rook, you would be the, that would be the perfect example of uh, kind of the one-stop shop uh, deal. Cause you know, we're doing body work. I think they're going to be, uh, spraying the body today and it'll probably go to assembly tomorrow. And then next week we'll do more assembly and then we'll, we'll tackle that lift kit and do some detailing and get it all loved up and looking good. And, and, uh, you guys will be ready for it. So uh, it's pretty exciting. Let me jump back to when we first purchased the Jeep. It was for my wife, but she's driven it twice after Gabe jumped on it. Uh, it was in, uh, they had a, there was a dog that was uh, housed in the Jeep. Uh, it was a mess, and we bought it, and when we brought it over to Mike and it came out, it was as if it was brand new. I don't know how you guys detail out like that. It's beautiful. Yeah, attention to detail. Really good vacuums and, and all kinds of really good chemicals to take care of that stuff, so... Well, enough, enough about your uh, wonderful place of business. What are we doing with this foundation? You got any foundation news? Well, I do. Thanks for asking there, Rook. Uh, next week on the 6th of, uh, of January is the, uh, boy, I think it's the 8th annual uh, Patrick Schoonover Bantam Hockey Tournament uh, down uh, that ECU puts on every year uh, down in Apple Valley. And part of that uh, tournament, the players, there's going to be 12 teams uh, from Minnesota that'll be playing in that. And we're going to be screening those young uh, men. And then we'll probably screen a few of their 
siblings, including some of their sisters. Um, so we're going to be screening Young Hearts a week from Saturday down in Apple Valley. A uh, whole lot of hockey players down there. And um, registration for the uh, volunteers is going to be available uh, today. Uh, we've had a little bit of a delay getting that up and running, but uh, we'll be looking for medical and non-medical volunteers. So be sure to look for that. And then for those of you who have nothing going on on New Year's Eve day, uh, this uh, this coming weekend on Sunday, we're going to have um, a, uh, a uh, skate uh, play for Patrick annual New Year's Eve skate down at Apple Valley uh, Hayes Arena uh, down in Apple Valley. So that's going to be at uh, from 530 to 730 on Sunday. So it should be a good time. Fantastic. And, not, uh, and Mike, uh, just to just to clarify, that stuff will all be on social media so I can retweet it from the GL account, correct? I will send a fresh tweet. Okay. How's that sound? Perfect. Thank you, sir. Family owned since 1938, Schoonover Body Works provides full service automotive repairs, body glass service, and even just social saying hi. That's online at schoonoverbodyworks.com, 651-483-6756. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, fellas. Didn't know you were going to be this good today. (laughs) I didn't either. (laughs) Goodbye. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. In other news, uh, let's start with financial news. Uh, This part of the broadcast, the Dow Jones Industrial Average ended slightly higher yesterday, notching again at all-time finish. The S&P edged near record territory as investors tried to continue a year-end rally fueled by expectations that U.S. interest rates will fall in 2024. As of, uh, oh, I don't know, 10 minutes ago, uh, all three are uh, also up slightly today. Uh, Toyota Motor Corp is uh, poised to keep its title as the world's best-selling car maker, beating Volkswagen AG for the fourth consecutive year after steady demand across North America and Europe helped sales and production reach new records in November. Global sales, including that of its subsidiaries, Hino Motors and Daihatsu Motor Company, rose 12% from a year earlier to 986,262 units. That's the most ever for the month of November, the company said Wednesday. Worldwide production reached an all-time high of 1,067,446 units. Despite lingering inflation, Americans increased their spending this holiday season, according to early data. That comes as a big relief for retailers that had spent a lot of the year fearing the economy would weaken and consumer spending would fall. Retail sales from November 1st to December 24th increased 3.1% from a year earlier, according to data from MasterCard Spending Pulse, which measures in-store and online retail sales across all forms of payment. News from Russia and Ukraine. Vladimir Putin is completely furious after Kiev missiles destroyed his warship in Crimea. The Atesh group reported that the Russian president ordered raids throughout the city is expected to punish the Crimean air defense forces. The body of yet another Putin ally has been found after a suspected fall. From a third floor window. Well, those guys have balance problems. It's dangerous. Uh, really so, your screens are pretty thin. But if he was a Putin ally, who killed him, I wonder? Yeah. Well, probably, well, maybe the Ukrainians would, yeah. would be you know, the way you'd have to look at it. Yeah. He is 46 year old Vladimir Igorov, a member of the ruling United Russian Party, prominent politician in the oil rich Tolbosk region in western Siberia. His body found in the yard of his home with a source close to the investigation noting that there were, quote, no visible signs of criminal death 
anywhere. No, he just slipped out the window. Yeah, he he fell. Uh, U.S. political news. Lauren Boebert is switching. uh, uh, She's switching where she's going to run because it looked like she might lose in the district she was in in Colorado. She announced yesterday she's moving to the next district. Boebert said she made the decision. Can you do that? Yep. Well, as long as you switch homes, sure. Hmm. Bobert said she had made the decision to continue her fight against, quote, the socialists and communists who are taking over our country. She said there was dark money directed at her personally to steal the seat. She said it was a fresh start after her divorce and what she called her personal mistakes. Bobert made headlines over the summer after she was caught on camera groping a date and being groped by a date, vaping and taking selfies at a performance of the musical Beetlejuice and then giving ushers the finger and declaring, do you know who I am? They move around because they don't they, remember Republican or Democrat. They're not acting on our behalf. No, uh-uh. this is their own world. And I think depending upon who you ask. You know, they might have said it was a mistake, but mm-hmm. there yeah. were others. I think Kenny was a big fan. Right. Uh, of, of, <laughs> I think Kenny know. said, why was that a mistake? Right. right. <laughs> I happened to enjoy that film, right. he said. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Smothers, half of the Smothers Brothers and the co-host of one of the most socially conscious and groundbreaking TV shows in the history of the medium, died yesterday. He was 86 years old. Uh, he died after a battle with cancer when the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour debuted on CBS in the fall of 1967. It was an immediate hit to the surprise of a lot of folks who had assumed the network's expectations were so low it positioned the show opposite the top-rated Bonanza. But the Smothers Brothers ended up winning their slot. It proved a turning point in television history with an eye for pop culture trends and young rock stars like The Who and Buffalo Springfield and sketches that ridiculed the establishment, railed against the Vietnam War, and portrayed members of the era's hippie counterculture as gentle, fun-loving spirits. It found an immediate audience with young baby boomers. The show reaching number 16 in the ratings its first season and also drew the ire of network censors. After years of battling with the brothers over the show's creative content, the network abruptly canceled the program in 1970, accusing them of failing to submit an episode in time for the censors to review. When the show was canceled, it was in the top 10 of the ratings still and had just been renewed for a fourth season. Uh, Dickie Smothers, uh, still alive, uh, and uh, made a statement saying his brother was the best brother one could ask for, both as a brother and as a partner. In comedy, uh, Tommy Smothers was 86 years old. I read his whole obit, and I don't recall any of this uh, trouble they had with censors. I don't recall them being cutting edge. I don't recall any of that. Hmm. Really? I, I just a, remember them coming out and introducing a, some act. There's a wonderful uh, documentary uh, about it. I saw it, I don't know, five, six years ago. Huh. About the whole situation. They were on <laughs> Nixon's uh, White House pressured CBS, went to William Paley and said, get these guys off the air. Really? Well, they, they were, they were, I think, number three or four when they got canceled. In the I don't recall them being uh, controversial. Joe, I'm, I'm wondering sometimes if you paid attention. You I know guess I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, no, yeah what, was, I, what was Pat's line when he saw that old photo of you? This Nixon loving, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was during that era. Is that what it was? Yes, it was. Okay. I, I don't. Rem- I wish I'd have written down the documentary now. Uh, but it's a good documentary if you run across. It's very interesting about I the time. I did see a clip of him on social media impersonating Johnny Carson. It was hysterical. Who Tommy Smothers? Yeah, they were funny. Was, uh, Controversial, yeah. but funny. They were funny. Very I, funny. You know, I, I I didn't think they were funny. Really. 
Tommy Smothers was not funny. But well, he might have been the brains I'm, of the outfit. I'm going to disagree with you there, yeah. Joe. Sorry. Is he the one that played a, the no, dumb Mom one? liked you best deal. You know, that was funny that. once, maybe. You know, boom. See, but they, see, they'd do the, the real folk song, and they'd be really good, but then Tommy would screw it up. Right, right. And that's when they'd start arguing, and, and then it became funny, and then Tommy would say, Mom always liked you right. best. Right, I, I, I remember that yeah. part. I just don't remember them being so controversial that even Nixon would have been You know, if you and your them. brothers ended up doing a road show, I, I I could see how that could draw a crowd, you know. I think so. They like to I hold know, court. You know? base. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson pleading yesterday for the federal government to take a bigger role in tackling the migrant crisis, warning that Chicago and other parts of the U.S. are being overwhelmed by new arrivals. Johnson told CNN, without real significant investment from our federal government, it won't just be the city of Chicago that won't be able to maintain its mission, saying it's the entire country that's now at stake. Johnson explained he's asked the Biden administration to set aside $15 billion worth of resources to address the issue. The president has requested $13.6 billion for border security as part of a $106 billion supplemental aid package he unveiled in October that also included assistance for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Negotiations over the legislation are currently stalled in the Senate with no vote in prospect until after the new year, if ever. John, that's fantastic. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that didn't sound sincere. You know oh. how I've lamented yeah. uh, Melvin Carter, the mayor of St. Paul, has about 23, 24 people on the payroll? That's quite a few. None, a of, whom, none of whom do anything. Right. No uh, accountability. That we know of. Well, maybe we're lucky. Maybe we're lucky. Uh, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's got 293 of those people on his payroll. It's costing the taxpayers damn near $25 million a year. No, they're only accountable to him. It's the same thing as in St. Paul. They, they're called uh, vaguely titled aides. What they do is unknown. They don't do a damn thing. What are the salaries of these people? Some make uh, up to two hundred grand. Oh wow! But the nice. uh, combined the cost of taxpayers twenty three uh, twenty four point three million according to payroll records. Wow! And they're friends of his or people with connections and what have you. It's just uh, it, again uh, the closer you get nepotism. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings run by the lefties, the worse condition you're in. Wow! It's just pathetic. Absolutely pathetic, but I'm going to look at it as a ray of hope in the sense that here we're lucky. He's only got it up to about 23 people. We don't know what they do. Wait till he gets wind of this, then. Yeah, he'll say, well, see, Eric probably gets away with it because he figures on a prorated basis he's about on 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 terms with St. Paul. I suppose. Just given the population of New York. Thank you. Wow. North American Banking Company, Joe, if you uh, have that large government salary, why don't you take your banking to one of my banks? Yes. Roseville is my location, North American Banking Company, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, Shoreview, and their new location in Maple Grove. They offer the same online and mobile banking options as the other banks, but with the unparalleled service of a community bank. They are also locally owned and operated. Here's why that's a big deal. That means loan decisions are made right here in the Twin Cities. They're not sent out of state. So this helps business owners solve problems and expand their business with confidence. North American Banking Company deals with numbers every single day, but you are never going to be one of them. So 
Do this. Check them out online right now. NABankco.com to learn more. NABankco.com to learn more. North American Banking Company member FDIC is an equal housing lender. Joe, are you ready? <laughs> you cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Only. Only because they come to us all the way from Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. Hey. From the Traveling Lymans at WorldWideWaftage.com. It's on this day in history. December 28th. On this day in 1846, the state of Iowa was admitted to the Union. Iowa Territory had extended north into what is now western Minnesota. And this area was without a formal government until the Minnesota Territory was created in 1849. Huh. On this day. One, two, two, eight. In 1909, W.E. Pussyfoot Johnson. Yeah who had the authority to enforce federal liquor laws on Native American reservations, led a raid on the saloons of Park Rapids, which were illegally serving residents of the White Earth Reservation of Ojibwe, considered wards of the state and protected by an 1855 treaty. Johnson and a trainload of U.S. Marshals gathered all the bottles they could find and demolished them on Main Street. Wow. What a sad day in Park Rapids, huh? <laughs> All the guys stood out there. Why do they pick on the Shit Ojibwe? on their chest? Uh, uh, I don't know. That's, man, the white man was bad to those people. But what... Well, Did you say chin? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Chin? No, it sounded like okay. a, a naughty word. <laughs> okay, the saloons were illegally serving the White Earth Reservation. Ah. Uh-huh. So to stop. So it wasn't on tribal land. So no. So to stop the illegality of that, they came to the private-owned saloons, the evil white man saloons, took all their liquor and destroyed it on Main Street. Much of it, and the White Earth didn't like that any more than you know Farmer Brown. It was a little gathering spot. They were talking about the weather. Yeah, they had probably a via. They probably had a. You know, pull tabs and a hockey team they were you supporting. Play, you gotta, you, you you know, support the locals. The whole thing there. Uh, GLers, we'll be back tomorrow to conclude this year of podcast, the year 2023, what? as we barrel down on cracking that 1877 record. Yes. All right. And tomorrow, as we continue the week of what is it? It's 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 nothing. It's after Christmas. It's before New Year's. We have this week. Traffic it's just a, year round, please. That would be spectacular. When I drove at about five o'clock and some change this morning, there was not a soul on 494, 62, Mendota Bridge. It was empty. And I loved it. So then That's I went over the to the Garage Logic YouTube page and I subscribed my voice, which is now trademarked. Then I went to the Garage Logic Town Council site just to see if there's any special events coming up, which you can be part of if you sign up for the Garage Logic Town Council. $10 a month, $100 a year, money well spent. Check out garagelogic.com for more details. Is it details? Chop. Details. I chat. What is chat?